Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk And if busting makes you feel good, you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content. Or shoot over and get some groovy merchandise at society6.com forward slash filmbusters. Alright, can we just get on with this now, please? Well now, it's been two years since uh, the two guests that we have on this podcast last joined us uh you may remember them from our jesus rolls episode which we recorded right at the beginning of the pandemic uh they have returned mightily returned uh to bring some more religious allegory film to us <laughs> that was completely coincidental uh we got katie and Oti back katie and Oti, how are you doing we're doing well most beloved friend and lover ben oh, oh good yes we are Oh, it's so wonderful to hear those voices on our podcast again. We love it. It it rejuvenates us. We're doing a morning record over here in the UK, so your uh, energy is much appreciated. It's 9am. We're drinking coffee over here. You're drinking your morning brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's what's your morning beverage of choice, both? I don't do any morning beverages. I just... I'll oh, be a bit jealous I, if um, I was an OT's morning brown, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> and if you want more of that, go sign up to For Your Own Podcast. <laughs> There'll be less of that on this podcast than those smuts. Uh, I'm sorry, OT, you don't have a hot beverage in the morning? No. So when you wake up and you're bleary-eyed, you're just like, well, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let me just deal with this. I'll be like, this until lunchtime. No, I need to do... If, I, if I'm going to walk... I need to get to work before I have anything. I just can't roll out of bed and have anything hot. But then you have a, a cold drink when you get to work. Nah. This so, I'll, I'll have a coffee later, like four hours after waking up. I can't have it immediately. This guy, he's dehydrated as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your yearly examination, OT. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your drink, Katie? Uh, I'm a tea gal, you know, nice. very wholesome, as we all know, um, with my wholesome activities and my tea. Yes. You having sugar in the tea? No, and it makes me feel more superior, even though mm. I eat terribly, but I do drink my water. So those are two things ascending me to heaven. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Boys, what was your morning drink? Tea tea as well yeah it depends i have tea during the week and then coffee at the weekends normally but then sometimes i might have a coffee in the mid week when but i normally always have a tea first to tea and then sometimes a coffee but on the weekends i might have a coffee then a tea god have you written a rule book about this (laughs) yes just vibe with it and see what happens depends where i am if you're going out for a nice walk and you see a nice little cafe and you're like oh i'll get a flat white uh yes 
Now, all, forget all of this, <laughs> listeners, because this was this was nonsense. Uh, what we really wanted to talk about is the fact that, well, for those of you who know us, most of you know the Foyer Reference podcast as well. But for those of you who don't, they very recently had some extremely exciting news, which uh, transferred into a tangible episode with someone and something. Guys, what was your very exciting news recently? Uh, we had the opportunity to interview Jordan Peele for his uh, upcoming or out now blockbuster Nope. And he fucking called you lovers in his opening gambit. So good. He did. <laughs> you can't ask for better, can you? He, yeah, and I, I was very tempted to just have auto reply on my work email, just having Jordan Peele saying, well, f- hello, lovers. Thank you, lovers. <laughs> What was the deal before? So you can obviously all go and see the interview. I think it's available to everyone, right? It's not just a patron thing. Everyone can see the interview, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's on the podcast feed as well as on YouTube. What was it like before you hit records? Like, did he, were you guys waiting and then he popped up on screen? What was that first moment like (laughs) when Jordan Peele was suddenly in your living room? We were waiting for about an hour. So it's like a lounge with everyone from the APAC region and just yeah. everyone's just chilling and silent and waiting for them to be entered into rooms for an interview it took a oh, long man. time yeah I'd be getting nervous did you have Definitely. a little, little yeah. shot did you have a little bit of alcohol just to calm the nerves a little bit of whiskey it was, it was what what time was it 8am yeah 8am in the morning yeah, I'm still <laughs> what did Johnny Depp say isn't, isn't every hour happy hour <laughs> But that's, I, I guess that's what they don't tell you because we really thought it was going to be get in, make the most of every minute, but it was sitting around for like an hour and a half. And mm-hmm. then once we were in there, there were like three engineers in there, obviously to make sure everything's fine. But you can imagine in a Zoom sort of call, we could barely see him. So it was nice to get the final cut and actually see that he was responding <laughs> the whole time um, instead yeah. of being that little thumbnail in the corner. Yeah, of course. You, you guys did amazing. It was, it was such a wonderful interview. I loved it. Oh, so thank good. you. Thank you. It was very nice. And OT opened it up with Black Joy. And I think that yeah. was something very special. Yeah. Well, and also the thing is, like, for those who don't know, the go- there are black people in it. Yeah, yeah, there's black people in it. <laughs> <laughs> the guys wrote the news to us uh, on their Patreon like a month, I think it was like a month in advance. And uh, everyone was all very excited. All the patrons were all very excited. But then you guys, did, I think you did a test session, right? With. Paul and someone else, Jamie. Uh, And Jamie, Jamie, hi, Jamie. Mm. Some test questions or something like that. Because the thing, the pressing, I've only done it a few times, and it was with nobody high profile. But until they're listening to this, until they're listening to this, then they're very (laughs) high profile. But I'm always like, fuck, I don't want to ask anything that anyone else is going to ask. Yeah, I have to be able to stand out. So racking your brains for the questions is hard. But the questions you guys asked were perfection and it's the kind that were not going to be asked by anyone else I did you ask them what they have in the morning to drink well that's the important <laughs> missed opportunity well, yeah. yeah yeah we'll leave the poppy pop stuff but thank you so much paul and also to jamie um but it was it was definitely one of those you know if i could quote eminem you know you only got one <laughs> shot you know um yeah, absolutely so it was definitely nerve-wracking, and we only had five minutes, and they said that they were going to count us down. But instead of counting down in the last two minutes, there were messages flashing 
all the time. Oh, so distracting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, let's be engaged, but let's also stress out at technology. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Overall, it, it was a great experience. It was uh, literally a baptism, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, yeah. by fire but it, w- it was definitely a great time and we love thank you so much for all of the love and support as well mm. it was great to experience so everyone you should so get excited. over there and check that out because they deserve every view that's coming to them absolutely it is the i think it's the biggest thing that has happened to anyone in our small little podcast community i think i think it's the biggest success story that's come out of the podcast community in terms of being able to break out you know but you know what? Like, it was a win for all of us. Like, yeah. I know that's really corny to say, but I know what you mean, yeah. being in the trenches and being in indie podcasting, OT and Adam wouldn't understand. <laughs> 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 like, it really is a community. And like, unless, unless somehow maybe you might feel bitter, like, it's so happy. Like, I'm so happy to celebrate everyone's wins and the love that we received, you know, it, it's, it's paramount. And like, it was a beautiful moment and it was a win for all of us. Did you mention Film Busters to him? Oh, Adam. <laughs> Did you mention how brilliant we are over here? We're not even going to get to the film, are we, Adam? No. You and no, I, we're, we're going to meet before. in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great, and onwards and upwards, and I look forward to the next interview. Oh, yes, so do I. Whoever that's with. Anyway, what are we doing today, Paul? Uh, today, we're doing the, the last pick. The, the the thing that inspired our 2019 round, which Katie noted brought, which is the two popes. They're finishing the round off with um, a film that's going to be quite interesting to discuss, I believe. So I'm so, um, excited to get into it. Uh, but first, Ben, before we actually get into this, you, you've got to do a little uh, thing that you do every episode. What is it? Well, um, a quiz? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Is that what's meant to have happened? Hang on. I'll come up with some questions very, very quickly. I didn't realise, sorry. Okay. Okay, cool. I've got the questions, so we'll wing it. Okay, uh, so, yeah. So I was caught slightly unawares there, so the questions may not be the very best, but I think the one that's come to my mind is great. So for those of you who don't know every episode, we do a quiz. I ask the boys a question, two questions. If they get it right, they get the point. If they get it wrong, I get the point. So currently, Paul is running away with it. I can't remember exactly what the scores are, but he's doing quite quite well. And uh, I'm in joint second place with Adam. We're both on 15 points and Paul's on 24. That's right. So what is going to happen today? Instead of me asking Paul and Adam the question, I'm going to be asking Katie and Oti the question. If they get it right for their representative, that person gets the point. Now, as Adam, you are in last place. You get to choose who your champion is. Is it Katie or is it Ot? I feel I'm gonna have to pick Katie. as my five said this <laughs> oh, today. She would knock you out otherwise. Yeah. Good. We need to bring Paul's max down a bit. Don't sabotage me. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. That means Ot, you are representing Paul. So, uh, let's see how many questions I've got. So it's whoever shouts out first. Whoever shouts out the answer first. Uh, and if you both get it wrong, I will claim the point. So, Papa Francesco mentions two Beatles songs. The first Yellow is Submarine. Well, I mean, the thing is, she's right, but I, I didn't... Like, what if Oti was waiting for me to say the first is Yellow Submarine... Even though it wasn't the first. <laughs> I think the only way to do this is to let OT answer the other song. Well, no, because he was going to say one was Eleanor Rigby, one was... Look at Adam just blowing it. Oh, just blowing I was going to say anything. <laughs> I want these points here. You can't carry on with the question. I get the points. Let's move on. 
I think we give it, yeah. I think yeah, we've got to give it. I mean, at the end of the day, you jumped in very early, Katie, and you were right because it's true. If I said the first was, I was about to say the next Beatles song, which was Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, the second was, you know, summary. Very good. Okay. Um, well done, Katie. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> um, after the two popes converse with each other in the Sistine Chapel, they go into a small side room. An assistant offers to bring them some food. But Pope Francesco sends him down to the street to bring back some food. What beverages does he bring back with the pizza? I know. Soda. Do you need a specific flavour? Okay. It wasn't beer? I think I know one of... Wait, wait, wait. Don't say nothing, Okay, all right. So I'll tell you. There are... Soda is part of the drinks that are brought back. Can one of you tell me what the soda is? Who, me or Beppo or Katie and Oti? No, Katie and Oti. Fanta. It looked like Correct. That. Yeah, that's what yes. I can say. <laughs> it's Fanta. Yeah, I remember now, you were saying you could have a can of Fanta. Well, it's two bottles. Two bottles of Fanta and one coffee is brought back. Uh, these are questions I'm just coming up with on the spot. That's why they, they are all like this. Um, <laughs> for a bonus point, can you tell me why? No one's going to know this. Although, if anyone would, Katie, you know he would. Can you tell me why Pope Benedict would have chosen to drink Fanta over Coke? Because he's secretly Mormon and Mormons don't drink Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> I guess you're like 18% right. <laughs> That's enough for a point. Let's move on. I want to hear this fact. You want to hear, you want to hear the reason? Yeah. Because Coca-Cola was not allowed into Germany in the 1930s and 40s. It was a band. Uh They didn't export out to there. So Fanta was what everyone drank in Germany back then. They had no Coke. There you go. We get a point for that, I think, Katie. You get no points for that. (laughs) Why not? So uh, there we go. It's it's all level pegging. I think that was pretty good considering I had to come up with them on the spot. So um, that means the scores are 25 to Paul. 16 to Adam and 15 to me. So I've finally gone into last place for the first time this year, Adam. You've been languishing in last place the whole time. Well done. Should we move on to what we're actually here to speak about, the two popes? I'm not familiar with this part of the garden. Where are we? Uh, Maybe this way where there is some shade. Oh, yeah. Perhaps we'll find God over there on the journey. I'll introduce you to him. We defend... 2,000 years of tradition, but Cardinal Bergoglio, he knows better. No, no. We have spent these last years disciplining anyone who disagrees with our line on divorce, on birth control, on being gay. While our planet was being destroyed, while inequality grew like a cancer, we worried about whether it was all right to speak the mass in Latin, whether girls should be allowed to be altar servers. We built walls around us, and all the time, all the time, the real danger was inside, inside with us. What are you talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about. We knew there were priests, bishops, great men of the church who prayed on children. And what did we do? We heard their confession, then moved them on to another parish where they could start all over again. 
believed that they confessed. Well, we believed it was better if nine children suffered than if nine million lost their faith because of a scandal. No, of course not. That is grotesque. A bishop, a bishop said that to me. Uh, how did you answer him? I told him to remove the priest from his ministry and initiate a canonical trial straight away. I didn't believe a few magic words from the priest would make everything all right again. Magic words, is that how you describe the sacrament? Confession cleans the sinner's soul. It does not help the victim. Sin is a, a wound, not a stain. It needs to be healed, to be treated. Forgiveness is not enough. Right, everyone, yes, today we're talking about The Two Popes, the 2019 film by Fernando Mireles. This is a spoiler episode. Is he born good. on the same day as you? Yeah, not the same year, but the same day. Mm. He's like the only famous person who's born on the same day as me. Okay. Peeking behind the film Buster's curtain, I don't know how you guys do this because Adam is having his little sing-along over here yeah. and he's having his own little commentary and Paul is so <laughs> unfazed by it. He's just yeah. powering this through. This happens every episode, <laughs> Katie. I have to cut him out. Especially when he used to do his big speeches, when he used to do that, the patron stuff. Now that's all like pre-recorded. Yeah. I should just sing over it. <laughs> this is a spoiler Consumer episode. professional. Sorry, sorry. This is a spoiler <laughs> episode. If you've uh, not seen this film, we'll be spoiling it terribly for you. So you might want to go watch it and then come back. Or just let yourself get spoiled. Just before I move on to Adam's plot summary, we've got one person who's appeared in a film we've done before. Do you know who it is? Jonathan Price. It is Jonathan Price. Correct, Katie. Is it Price? Yeah. What's he been in? Probably something in the 80s, maybe. I reckon it's something more recent. It's Age of Innocence. Mm. Okay. Okay. Age of Innocence was the 90s, wasn't it? I think it was 87. Like 94. Was it or 90? I think it was 80s. I think it was 87. He knows. Don't care. Uh, either way, film. good to have him either back. Either way, if it wasn't 87, it wasn't. But, Adam, would you like to do your plot summary of this film? Yes. So, this film is all about the Pope and the Popes. And <laughs> um, they basically... One Pope got elected, he was doing alright, and then a big scandal happened, and he was like, I can't do this anymore. So he called on his friend, or his opposite number, I think, in the views, and he was basically like, can we run together? And this film's just all about them really having a conversation about life and their beliefs and, yeah. And the difference in how people can run the same job and the Catholic Church. It started off sketchy, but he kind of got there in the end, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> he found his way along the way. <laughs> ben, do you have some facts about this film? I got a little bit of little bit of information. So it's helmed by City of God director Fernando Morelis and written by self-confessed Catholic Anthony McCartin. The film began life as a stage play, which is no coincidence there, considering how I feel about it. Um, then Netflix turned up, threw their money at the production, and it became a Netflix exclusive, premiering on December 20th, 2019. Although much of the content is based on historic events, including speeches and debates that were published, most aspects were fictionalised. The two popes' relationship was certainly not as smooth as the fictionalised version. For example, in 2019, Pope Benedict released a 6,000-word letter blaming the clergy sex abuse scandal on factors including the dangerously liberal theological ideas within the church. 
film was shot across Argentina and Italy with some of the key locations at the Vatican being recreated on a soundstage in Rome, such as the Sistine Chapel. And writer McCartan, Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price all received nominations for their work at the Academy Awards, Golden Globes and the BAFTAs. Very good. Mm. Thanks for that. Katie Noti, this -hmm. is your pick. So you get to decide in what order you would like us all to do our first impressions. Mm. Batter up, Catholic boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start with our fast impressions. Yeah, fast second, Paul third, Adam fourth, and finish off with Ben. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. So, second time watching this movie, and the first time I had feelings, just because of my background uh, as a Catholic, and I wasn't really intrigued by it. I think it, it, I know Katie watching it was just plushing all over it every single minute. And that sort of, you know, it didn't put me off, but just because of the burden that I have and my relationship with the church, a lot of the views that they have are still there. So whatever, it just felt I couldn't release, I couldn't remove myself or detach myself from this in terms of, okay, they're telling to tell, tell a story. Some of it is is fictionalized, fine, but it just wasn't doing it for me. And I think watching it the second time coming in, uh, I enjoyed it a bit more, but I still had a lot of qualms and we'll get through those later. Cool. Interesting. Very good. Interesting. I, I, I guess in every classic sort of narrative, you have the angel and the devil on the show. <laughs> and surprisingly, I think I'm the angel in this instance. Um, I have very strong views on religion in general, um, which I won't go into detail now. But even I, friends and lovers, was able to find in my innermost heart chambers some feelings of resonance and happiness and actual joy. I genuinely enjoyed the interplay between the two dynamics. If we're going to talk about whether there's going to be real change in the Catholic Church, that's a different thing because I'm in the film and I'm having a lot of fun and I love it. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I'll go straight from there then. Uh, so from the offset, like the idea of this film on paper just sounds so boring. If you're just, if you're reading the description about it, it just sounds boring, right? But put like two powerhouse performances in a room together, and what you get is like pure entrancing magic. Like regardless of my stance towards religion, Anthony Hopkins as this like doddery old man fumbling over his words and like stuck in his everyday routine. Be, being enlightened by the everyman's pope, who who Price pretty much is, um, him doing the tango, <laughs> unaware of who Edna Rigby is, how silly a, a yellow submarine sounds. He's just a joy to watch. And then, uh, but then he's like boldly underlined by the fact that he's covering up a child molest- molestations thing, and and it's probably like he's probably a big racist and homophobic as well. But then, and then there's there's Price. He comes along with his infinite wisdom of how we should see a progressive world alongside religion. And it's refreshing. It's nice. It's, it's wonderful to see them hash it out. And the discussions are incredible, incredibly interesting. But it also feels like a giant piece of religious propaganda at the same time. It's, it's a nice way to like turn a blind eye to how, how times have changed in the eyes of the church. So it, it also makes me think, fuck you, at the same time. 
the damage has been done the power of the people have been abused and it's been that way for years that's my thoughts on religion so to me the film is really just watching two old men sharing life experience and advice alongside pizza and fanta and all that is just wonderful stuff and but you can just keep your religion and that's my thoughts on it okay i kind of agree with both of you and the fact that I watched this film beforehand and I really enjoyed it and then looking back when you brought it to me I was like why did I enjoy that film so much like on paper it still sounds like I shouldn't enjoy it but when you watch it the the performances from the two of them are just so captivating I think is the only word you can describe it it's just watching two of the best actors of all time just not even like battle against each other but being kind of friends and talking about the stuff that's kind of important in life if you kind of when you're watching it you forget that they're almost popes and you take the lessons that they're speaking away not in a in a religious way but in a just a life way they both got their own problems like here the way during the war the other one's covering up scandals who doesn't really want to push the church forward but yeah there is the elements of it that it is kind of like oh look look we kind of sorted this out now when maybe you haven't but um yeah I still, yeah, it's still, it's still fun and it's still great to watch these two, two battle it out and watch football together. <laughs> I knew you were going to mention gonna football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, stop the presses because I agree with everything Katie said there. This is the first time we're agreeing wholeheartedly. However, there is the caveat that I don't, I don't um, think that the film is entirely about religion either. I don't think in the same way that you could view something like Jaws as not really being about the shock and it's about other fears, I think ultimately it comes down to, <clears throat> for me anyway, uh, things about perception, belief systems, how they change over time, what compromise, I know they talk about it in the film, but what compromise actually means, what change actually means. Like if someone is a terrible person now, do we judge them completely, wholly and entirely and expect no redemption for them. It's very topical. We could talk about this in the episode, like when it comes to, if we want to use something like Hollywood, which is the same kind of system. That's why I think it's not entirely about religion. It's just about a structure, a hierarchy, which has powerful people at the top that then protect and cover up things for those underneath. Is there any chance for redemption later in life? Um, I loved the back and forth between the two of them, of course. I loved the the entire uh, topics of conversation. I love films that are dialogue-based anyway. Mm, and mm. the back and forth between the two of them was just mm, absolutely superb. The thing that lost me was the 20-minute cutback flashback to everything that was going on in Argentina, his dealings with the military. It's like, I get this, but you've really broken the story here. You had some momentum. And mm -hmm. actually, what I think is this shows the filmmaker's hand because we're all we, i think we're all liberal on this call but the filmmaker showed his cards by giving us 20 minutes by giving us 20 minutes of of um francesco francis's backstory and giving us none of benedict's it's like saying we care about this guy we want you to like this guy and okay naturally hollywood film creatives yeah we're going to err on the side of that sort of liberalism and that sort of free thinking of course but by doing that you are purposely and intentionally going we're not going to give you more backstory to this guy because what if benedict had some shit that made him the way that he was as well rightly or wrongly aren't we entitled to see that it's an unbalanced version of these two characters however i enjoyed it despite that scene and uh i'm also ot a 
was. I was raised a Catholic and um, very staunchly Catholic, a very Catholic household until I was about 15, 16. So there is some stuff to reckon with for me there too. But actually, I feel better about organized religion because of it. And that might be wrong. But we can talk about that. <laughs> Can I? I just want to add something. I know we can go into other detail. I don't. Yeah, we can do whatever you want now. Mm. Go ahead. This is where it begins. <laughs> I don't necessarily like. I don't like it either. But I feel like it was purposeful manipulation because we were supposed mm. to like Jonathan Price's character, and if we had known that potentially tested in real life but that he had you know from different angles it could be seen as villainous or selfish or you know non-jesus like sort of actions then we would have felt differently because we immediately i think i think for a lot of people we fell in love with his character mm, right yeah. so i think if they had shown the past first we would have been a bit more rocky with it which i don't agree with because you know you can tell the difference when you're talking to someone and you can tell that they've been through shit in their life and they're better because of it as opposed to someone that's never experienced something so yeah. that, that's all i wanted to add there but i didn't like how they did that either mm. that, i i totally agree that's that is the bit that totally took me away i was like so enjoying to seeing them chatting in a room and then to see like that massive long segment of just the history and i don't i didn't really understand i don't know the history as well so i didn't mm, completely no, understand what was going on and it does feel a bit like okay we need to talk about his history because people have problems with his history let's bring it up and then and then say oh but you saved all these people you're still a good guy you saved all these people it's just a way of people people obviously clearly don't like him still so they're trying to they're trying to address that and make it into a good thing that he actually helped people during that time Mm. propaganda again <laughs> now I, so i'm going to take you up on on just on that because on. you know i i agree in the same way even though being raised catholic i don't uh, you know i'm a massive critic of religion as well and organized religion mm -hmm. but i don't think this is propaganda because even though the writer is a catholic it doesn't ever strike me as a case of we're making the case for, for christ and godliness in life it's for these two men yes but it's not it's more about them and their own forgiveness of each other and of themselves for the sins they've done coming to reconcile that rather than god being the reason why they were able to do it i think it's these two men being able to do it no i, I didn't see it as it them trying to do propaganda for religion i meant propaganda as in they're trying to absolve the sins of the church yeah oh i see mm. ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> this is some spicy muy caliente because i didn't know what the barometer for religion and how deep we could talk about it but now i know that we we're in safe waters go for it yes. very excited <laughs> i'm very excited um so did how did you feel about the betrayal of the catholic church no so to me i also felt the propaganda angle and it felt like even before knowing who wrote this i felt like this is some catholic boy that wrote this you know uh, i was an altar boy i went to church every single day five o'clock in the morning up until I was Whoa. 10, you know, and looking at what the Catholic Church has done in Africa and what they're limiting people to do there. And I'm like, looking at these two old guys talking about it as if it's, oh, these are the values that we need to pass down. This, it's been here like this for centuries. And that's what I couldn't really divorce because A, I know the effect that these fucking old people are having on an entire continent mm -hmm. and what it's doing. 
and all this archaic views that they have on on contraception and all that. Mm. So I can understand that, you know, in as much as it's not about religion and seeing how they, you know, they're talking about change and, and all the compromising, you know, it felt to me, in as much as I loved or I liked Pope Francis, it still felt a bit just lip service. And I was mm. like, I, I really want to like what you're saying and I understand it. And, and I love the back and forth between the two. But drawing the line on the sand, he also he also said himself, you know, he was always, he, he, he wasn't as liberal as mm. he is mm. now because he's changed or he's compromised, whatever you want to call it. But I still came back to the bottom line of the church is the church is the church. And mm. that's what they continue to do. And that's, so if I divorce it completely from religion, then it's a completely different story. And I think that was, that, that was my problem the first time I watched it because I was looking through, at it through, oh, my Catholic lens is on watching it and just not lacking mm. every single minute of every mm. single thing that they have to say. But then mm. this time watching it, I was a bit more generous and I was a bit more willing to, okay, let me put that shit on the side and really just enjoy the great work that they're doing because they're really brilliant actors and they really acted the shit out of this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I like, so this is, this is one thing. Cause again, um, I, I am pretty much anti-religion. However, it's kind of like if you ask someone to describe their parents, it doesn't matter if their parents were terrible to them or there's some sort of lasting trauma. They're never going to fully say terrible thing so if you take it from the lens of someone that has like catholic beliefs i think it does quite well to challenge it albeit it's still within the same system and it's probably not going to have any sort of meaningful radical change the fact that you're not going to have a spotlight essentially like you're not going to have a spotlight in this film but that's how i took it someone that like loves the religion and is able to, I guess, you know, nudge it a little bit, but is never going to have like an investigative journalism um, sort of angle. And, you know, even going back to what Oti was saying, that black cardinal from Africa, like you knew he was never going to be like voted in because mm. colonization is what, like colonization, religion was the, one of the tools that was used for colonization, right? So, um, there's definitely a lot of lays. And I think also what I didn't pick up the first time that I, um, latched onto the second time watching was the fact that obviously like a lot of the, or maybe all of the popes were all from Europe. Right. And this yeah, was why much. it was such a radical sort of decision from Argentina. And I don't think I picked up on it the first time but the second time i'm like okay that makes sense because mm. if you talk about the dogma if you talk about like upholding the institution like that that makes sense why it would because it seems like they're all part of the party you know what i mean mm. but even within there there's a hierarchy mm. there's a first one from the southern hemisphere as well like the first mm. pope and they've been around for thousands of years like I still think this is just a good film if you take away the religious aspects of it, which That's is it. why I quite enjoy it. And it's kind of why I look, it kind of reminds me a bit of like Spencer, for example. It's like, that is still an awesome film mm. when you don't really think of it as a royal family film. Again, they're subjects they don't really care about. And that's kind of these films that they grow of outside of it. It looks fantastic. The acting is just incredible. And you could kind of listen to them talk about the values of life 
within anything. It doesn't have to be religion, it could be politics, even just your normal day-to-day people talking about it, which is why it kind of upholds even if you don't care about it all. I mean, obviously you can add the aspects back in and then you talk about the bigger, wider issues of it all, like OT was saying, but yeah, there's so much of this film that works of just a human level, like just people opening up discussions from what they're talking about. I think that's why I, I was able to enjoy it in the end. Because if it had, if it would had been overtly religious throughout, mm. if there'd been a lot of talk about God will guide you, God will yeah help you find your way along the way, then I would have really taken against it. But it ultimately came down to these two men who, from the off, they exist within this ancient structure, like like fucking government, right? In government, you know that they have these outdated ideas and ways about how we as people should live our life across the globe progress within governments is baby fucking steps all the time and that step that that one person takes they're still part of that system but it's like if you want change it's going to have to come from within and it's going to come fucking slowly over here and this i don't know if you porn anime if you thought this i don't know if this guy is known to you guys over in australia uh we had a guy in british politics about uh he for the last decade or so called jeremy corbyn and he was the opposition leader to the conservative party in this country he was like i was so reminded of him in pope uh francis because he was anti-establishment he wouldn't wear a tie he wouldn't bow down in front of the queen he would he, he had no respect for the monarchy he wouldn't uphold traditions he would be out with the people all the time on protests in communities standing on stages rather than on screens behind bulletproof glass and stuff like that and they bounced him out of it because they said you're revolutionary you're, you're disrespecting the institution and it's like no actually this is the first person that has spoken for the fucking working class of this country in a long long time now if he was bounced out of the party but if he had been elected as leader overnight like that things would not have changed there would have been so many problems still with the work that he did loads of problems with it but he would have made strides and changes for for the worst off and i think in this film fantasy though it may be the idea is that those baby steps by switching over from that conservative pope benedict to someone like francis it showed that there was hope or salvation for uh catholicism in the future i don't think there is because i think organized religion is a fucking mass delusion and a madness but if we're gonna have to live with it for the next millennia we may as well have a more progressive idea of what catholicism is with people within it who are like at the end of the day who would you want to be governed over by benedict or francis it's a baby step but that's what you'd want mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the US government, like... though, with this one. It's more like Biden's in charge. They're still doing the same shit, but they're just putting different flags on it. Yeah. But don't you feel like there's like a disingenuousness? Like, you know, Ben, when you're talking about that politician, there was maybe it was because of going back to the backstory of Pope Francis, but there was a disingenuous that I felt because at the end of the day, the Catholic Church has billions and billions and billions of dollars Mm. so even for pope francis to be like you know we all need to get in even if you think this isn't about me it doesn't affect me i don't need to help and it's like just because you choose not to wear the robes that are that are so immaculate it doesn't mean that you're not still benefiting from it 
You see what I'm saying? It's like mm. even if you talk about succession, if you like with Shiv, her going and doing political stuff and not feeding off of the corporate greed, you're still benefiting from it. Mm. So it are felt you saying, a bit disingenuous. Are you saying Pope Francis is Shiv? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Tom? Hey, if the well-fitted pants fit, hey. Um, but it's a bit disingenuous, you know. It's kind of like... Um, Oh, what's your Wonder Woman's name? Gal Gadot. Yeah. Her singing Imagine. It's very disingenuous because you're sitting in your million-dollar properties and you're trying to appeal to the common man when you have resources that we don't have. Mm. So when Pope Francis, and maybe for many people, religious or not, maybe it was a triumphant moment all coming together. And it's like, no, bro, we're still fucking poor. <laughs> like, we're still yeah, of course. struggling. But then, but you can't ignore the fact that despite our views on organized religion, those poorest around the world do put so much faith and stock and belief in the the power and the institution of the papal see. They travel, they go on these fucking missions across the world to go and see him there. And for yeah, them, Nairobi was in the end montage. <laughs> it, it happens, right? And for them. It does give a certain power. It gives hope, if nothing else. And like, that's hope- the only good you can take away from it. It's like people go to prison and they turn to it because it gives them a guidance. It gives them something to work towards. Which there is good sides to it, or it's just there's a lot of bad with it as well. But it's enforced. It's when it's forced on people for me. But we're not going to get into all these conversations. That's what I take from this film. Is I take just the basics, what they're talking about, the lessons they're trying to teach. Mm. That is what I can take from religion it's just the organized nature of it that is the horrible thing about religion for me we should all of course that's the way we should live our lives and of course it's better for for francis to be in the in the in the seat (laughs) the seat (laughs) in that very fucking expensive Expensive seat seat. (laughs) get rid of it sell it melt Um, that fucker down but yeah, as soon as it's it's all about divorcing yourself from from that side of things i just see it as two old men chatting it's like two granddads talking about you've got to move on from the way we used to do do things back in the 40s and 50s mm. well yeah exactly and but that i guess is where you could have a criticism and it'd be like oh you've portrayed these two bumbling because it's true yeah i'm i think we all feel under the spell of these two bumbling old men talking about abbey road and mm. things like that it's all very mm. sweet but then when you put it in the context of what they then represent their little bumblingness and sweetness becomes less yeah. funny and much more serious. Like Biden, Biden's a fucking joke, a doddery old man. We're not fucking laughing about the way that he is. It's like, fuck, this guy's leading the the one of the main countries in the fucking free world, you know what I mean? That's not really a joke. Like, I think it's it, it was like the, the best possible scenario, I guess, to yeah. get America away from that Trump sort of era but it's the memeable memes that kind of watered down the actual danger that politics can bring right and Mm, i guess mm. that also um relates back to this film as well because as funny and as light-hearted as this film can be there are very real implications for the rights of those that believe because i think they were in the helicopter um, and Pope Benedict was like, I'm not going to update this. And at the end of the day, I'm sitting here as a non-Catholic being like, this doesn't affect me. But I also yeah. understand how that can also affect people that have their faith 
whether it be women or, you know, queer people um, and that sort of thing. And that would be something that's very hurtful to try and keep your faith. But it does affect mm. you because you live in countries where they've got governments that listen to what the popes say and they li they come off Correct. the back of what the catholic church allowed them to do right mm. even if you live in countries now they have it's the most powerful organization in the world like he only rules only what was it 1.2 billion catholics but they control over half the world's population and what they really can do like mm -hmm. his decisions and they are yeah it's like look at the abortion rights and stuff like that in america and in ireland welcome to the party adam I think it was five minutes ago. You're like, we're not going to get that deep into it. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I thought they were like the royal family sometimes, and then sometimes you forget they are powerful. Yeah. Well, they have the influence. But that's the thing. This So on a human level, it's why it works. Because take us, everyone on this chat now, we're removed from religion. We see the evil in religion. We're not religious. We're not believers. I don't think we're, we're not believers. We're not Catholics anyway. But for those... For those from a human level, from our point of view, from outside, if we look at the way that people react to Pope Francis and Pope Benedict and whatnot within those communities, whether we we know there is no God, right? I'm assuming we know there is no God in the way that organised religion presents it. But for those people, they are conducting themselves in a way because they believe in the words that are being fed down to them by the Pope. So if you have that progressive, slightly more progressive Pope who is feeding those words down, making them conduct themselves as humans better, then that is a good thing. Because as humans, we know that's the only reason they're doing it. We know it's not divine intervention. We know it's coming from the words of humans. When I was in Rome five years ago, I went to the Vatican, uh, incredibly hungover, so hungover. It was the best way to experience it because I just wanted to get out of there. However, <laughs> we, me and, me and Jenny didn't queue up we were like walking down this corridor for like half an hour before we got into the Sistine Chapel this beautiful room and we got in the Sistine Chapel and we looked at it and and I we would I said to Jenny this is what people who are so blinded by belief don't realize this is absolutely beautiful in here this is gorgeous it's stunning but what created it human beings the church would have you believe this is God. God's work. Look at the beauty in God's work. Everything that has happened, every good thing, every bad thing as well, is because of human beings. It's not because of fucking God. You know, on the hierarchy, it would be the equivalent of slaves that were making it. The same with the pyramids. The same oh, yeah. with all mm -hmm. the great railways around the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo, like I think. No, who was it? Who painted the Sistine Chapel? Was it not Michelangelo, Michelangelo Da Vinci? I don't think Da Vinci was too recent, I think. I think he pretty much blinded himself with paint doing it. He was it. lying on his For back like, forever, wasn't he? The thing I find yeah. mad about the Sistine Chapel is that it's completely flat. The roof is completely flat. And when you look at it, it looks like is there's it? domes and everything, and the, it looks completely 3D, which is incredible. Because they didn't have TikTok. They had time. <laughs> they had time to do these sorts of things. Um. So I just want to ask a question on Pope Benedict, right? Removing, just stepping away from the broader conversation about religion. Pope Benedict, uh, how do you view him and where he is at the point that we join him in this film, sort of towards the end of his papal seat? Do you, can you forgive him? Do you judge him? Is he absolute evil, morally bankrupt? Is there some hope for him within the film, not real life? 
no, because I think at the end of the day, whether you want to call it change, I don't really believe anyone can move away or whatever. The damage is already done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the point where he's been pope for how long was it? 12 odd years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, by the end of it, you know, he's uh, only when things started going awry, that's when he was like, oh, mm. I need to reevaluate everything. And of course, you give an opportunity and you can be there and listen. But to me, it was a bit too late for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm with you on this journey yeah. of self-discovery and understanding mm. that, oh, things can be different because, mate, you have the time. And by, the, <laughs> by all that time for the last 12 years or whatnot, he didn't do shit. He didn't care. Yeah. Um, but, you know... What happens if someone doesn't have that moment where they're exposed or things come to a head and there's a lot of pressure on them? They don't have that moment of revelation, so they continue in their ways. Do you think Do you think people would find the error of their ways without exposure or things coming to a head? Or do you think it's that is necessary as part of healing? If you, be- if you believe that people can, you know, if not be forgiven, they can make amends for their sins over time. Doesn't it need that inciting event where they're exposed, where the fucking curtain is pulled back and they're revealed for who they are They are for them to then go on that journey of redemption? Well, yeah, it's easy for me as, you know, when I'm not the victim, you know, and mm. if I'm one of the thousands of kids who are let to be molested and checked and, mm. you know, then it's a different story for them. You know, I can be here and be like, yeah, it, it was necessary for that moment where he can look back and reevaluate his life. But I feel like that's not really in my wheelhouse to even offer him such It's what he says, an doesn't he? says it to him, doesn't he? He goes like, you've repent for your sins, but the victims aren't the ones who, they're the ones who need to mm. heal when they're not the ones who are going to get the healing. It, yes, that's true. It all depends on what making amends is. Like when you're watching the film, mm. Half the time, I'm just seeing Anthony Hopkins talking to Jonathan Price, and I'm enjoying mm. it. And then when it gets to the moment where, when they're sitting, I think they're sitting in the in the back room, the Sistine Chapel, or in mm. the Sistine Chapel, and he starts revealing his sins to Jonathan Price. When it goes silent, yeah, yeah, and it goes silent, mm. and then that that switch goes, and it's like, oh shit, this fucking guy's horrible. This guy's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And then what is abs- absolving someone standing over and saying? Uh, yeah, your your sins yeah. are gone now, and he's like, "Thank you so much." I feel so that's much what he better. says though. He oh, says, like, so, you, so can... you feel better now, do you? Yeah, that's what he yeah, said though. He like... said, "You've got to make amends to the people you've hurt." Though you can't. That's what his whole. But thing it was, was implied that he was absolved yeah. in yeah, that yeah, moment, which mm. wasn't great. But, but I guess to go back to Ben's question, there's two components here. The first thing is, even though Pope Francis, you know, his branding is dogma, that's respectable to me. Like, Mm. at least show me who you are so I know how to navigate, so I know not to be around you or I know that you're not about me, whether it's because I'm a woman, whether it's because I'm brown or whatever it is. Like, show me who you are so I can navigate appropriately. So that's a respectable thing. Mm. What's dogma? Is that just like you wear everything on your your sleeve? No, it's it's like that disingenuousness. Like every time in June in America, all companies are like, "Hi, gay, oh, happy pride," yeah. mm-hmm. but oh, then yeah, they're yeah. like, they're like funding anti-trans politicians yeah. and that sort of thing, or the NRA, like whatever you think it is. 
just be who you are so we can navigate appropriately. Don't try and yeah. bend in other ways. And I think that was part of the thing that was a bit frustrating about Pope Francis because mm. at the end of the day, even he said he feels like he can't make any change here because the machine is so big, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, like, I don't think it's fair for Pope Benedict to have any sort of joy personally because in his sound mind, well, sound religious mind, mm. you know, as an adult, he made a decision. And I think there was also a quote that was saying, you know, to it was to, hang on, I wrote this down. Give me one second. Um, it was better for nine children to suffer over nine million people losing their faith. At that point, fuck off. Yeah. Like you willfully made a decision that mm. and what what's that whole sort of sentiment of if I can just save one soul, it's a child. Mm -hmm. Like at that point, you made a choice. You don't deserve to be happy. I don't mm -hmm. even think deadbeat dads that leave their children deserve a happy life with another family. You think mm. I will let this father of the world? No way. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, he doesn't deserve a happy life. And it's like you can't just cry over it. You 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 willfully hurt. And continue to deny the hurt of children, like of all of all people, children. Mm -hmm. This is heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> on that, right? In religion, absolve your sins, confession, forgiveness. Okay. So if we say that's flawed, so Benedict, no, that's not enough. What is the answer? If all religions i mean i'm i'm not an expert but all religions must have their equivalent of forgiveness confession forgiveness redemption so what is the alternative for, as atheists agnostics whatever Jail. what is okay is it, <laughs> yeah i know but not always because some of the sins are not are not considered they're not i mean criminal, there's certain you know? sins like yeah if you've had a wang or whatever then yeah maybe you can get it abstained by a guy putting his hand over you but if you've been out fiddling kids or you know people have been fiddling kids and you're letting people get away with it mm. i know but we did we didn't just with the child molestation here there were lots of other issues where benedict was a was a, was an asshole the, the the child molestation was the big one that he confessed to at the end but it wasn't it even without that even if that hadn't been part of of, of his um time in the papal seat there was a load of other shit that he was just a conservative asshole about so it's what's the answer what how do you forgive someone who's done terrible things and they are they're trying to come to peace with it so let me think of a good example here it's it's very it's very hard to it's that's always going to be there the only thing he can do is is try and pay back to the community and do just work fucking put the work in right, and but that's the, the only way you're ever gonna... survivors are the victims and survivors ever going to find peace that's no, the question never well it's on them exactly it, it, it's on them for the on the forgiveness angle right so like if if they if they're if they're the victims it's only for them to, to say whether or not they found peace or forgiveness it's not for anyone else so if you and i are like no fuck that guy but the victims have said we've come to peace with it we've forgiven him for that then there's nothing else we've we got nothing to do with it it's, yeah, but it's like victims, for a right? whole in one accord to all forgive the Pope, I don't know. Mm. I don't know because it's like they're not a monolith, right? So you're going to have like variances mm. of like it's their – but to me it's like re-pivoting the question because I don't care about the Pope because he, he made a choice, right? Whether you, whether you roll around in fire and brimstone is none of my business. 
because you you made your choice in in your mortal flesh mm. and also in whatever Catholics believe in the afterlife, right? Um, but it's interesting. I, something that I thought was quite interesting was I think it was the first time that they were meeting in the summer home um, where they were having the conversations. And also, if we're going to be film wanker podcasters, they were walking off the beaten track, if you notice. Like yes. they were in a part of the garden that wasn't necessarily manicured or looked after because the dogma is being challenged and all the ideals are being challenged. That's my little monocle. Um, <laughs> but what I... What I, what I really enjoyed about that moment was the exchanging of ideas, right? And that's what we come to when we get to that garden and, and what it means to really be able to help them. Because I think mm. even if we're not talking about the Pope, like even just religious people, like how are you able to, and I think it was also said in that garden, like how are you able to help the people if you don't even love them, if you don't even know, if you don't even yeah. like... I, I understand that there are some clergy that don't get married, but if you've never like experienced love, yes. how are you supposed to be able to tend to people that are heartbroken mm. or that are grieving? You know, there, there's very real human experiences that aren't happening because of the perception of purity, mm. you know? Yes. I One of the wildest things about those who become priests to me, I think, is that they literally turn their back on real tangible love companionship for mm, life yeah. with a partner to devote themselves to ideas ideals in a very romantic political way people would go oh revolutionary wonderful but when it's about when it's belief in something that, that it doesn't exist and it's like yeah i'm not going to be happy and connect with this person for the rest of my life I'm turning my back. When he turned his back on her, I'm like, this is where you lose me. This is mm. where you lose me because I cannot yeah. understand that they, at all I think and they never will. They, kind of, they try to kind of address that as well, showing the, the polar opposites of the two popes by saying, when I was younger, I'm sorry, I just had my head buried in books. I didn't actually experience life. Mm. And then it shows the the new pope where he's he's had that love. It's like... You're trying to say he's he's closer to understanding what real people live like. It's like... Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's part of the human experience to love and be loved, mm. right? Yeah. And also, it's normal to have sexual desire. So it's yeah. like, it yeah. doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that it wouldn't be that way. Now, do you think, statistically, if you were to poll anonymously, that priests would probably be wanking away, like, far more than general pop? You reckon? Isn't it a sin? Yeah, but then they go and confess, and it was good. Oh, right. Yeah, because you can do, do it again. That That's true. Yeah, but they must be wanking more than normal people, don't you think? <laughs> they haven't got any material. That's why it all went well, tits up. With so there's the, the other question. <laughs> That's why they what were they forced use? into it with fucking children, kids, kids. Oh. I mean, there's something in that. Yeah, obviously, because they can't. That's why it's so condensed. In it. If we want to get into that, I think that that is obviously the reason why it's such a problem in the Catholic Church. Is because they can't. They yeah. can't. And they certainly can't with adults even risk it getting out with affairs. So they think, well, let's pick on the most vulnerable, those who no one's going to believe. Oh, it's fucking Kids. disgusting, man. Fucking disgusting. It's, it, but it's like even like I, I feel like for a lot of religions, you're already operating in a non-realistic sort of context. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't make sense. So why are we striving for something that denies us what makes us human? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And then it has to manifest itself in other ways. And then instead of instead of like 
appealing to the divorcee, the woman, we're trying to like sweep shit under the rug. Like that's mm. not on, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I guess just to go back to the garden thing, they were talking about how even the angels, I think, weren't around until like the fifth century. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, there was this whole talk of like, this is how it's always been, but it actually wasn't, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, there was, I guess, one Pope, like there was so, like not so many, but like if you're in it, you know that there are examples that weren't there from the time of creation, yeah, exactly. whatever that might be, right? So I thought um, that was quite interesting because it really is just picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because is it really dogma or are you just picking the parts you like? That's exactly That's what, what religion is. is. Yeah. But also any belief system, right? If you, if you, are, if you, are, if you ascribe to a political belief system, socialism, whatever, there are tenets of it that are problematic or that not necessarily problematic but you're like actually i don't agree with that but you could then describe yourself as oh i'm a socialist i'm a liberal i'm a centrist but all of those have their problems if you want to broadly label anything and you assign yourself to that belief you're going to have to cherry pick what you believe in unless you don't assign yourself any label how would you guys describe yourselves politically leaning if you had to so you're saying no labels, but you want us to label us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Throw us through the binary matrix, Ben. Centrist, I think, is the easiest way. Because then because then you pick the things that you agree with from all oh, centrist. Because centrist is ba basically it's saying, true, I though, don't because you can't believe the other. everything everyone puts to you. And if you start doing then you start getting too far down the rabbit holes and you start getting a bit too over the top and a bit too protective about what you really think you feel and that kind of when it all gets a bit out of hand and a bit you versus me. Mm. All right, here's the question then. Uh, what is our belief system religious-wise? I don't believe in any religious-wise. So, so, atheist or agnostic? And what the difference is. So, uh, atheist is there is absolutely nothing, definitively no way. Agnostic is I don't have enough evidence to say well, that you probably is. Go so it's not committing. Over that, it's you? not committing <laughs> all the way. Yeah. So which which would you which I would think you I'd say put down you atheist normally, but I don't really give but it. I'm, not, so you, I'm not strong enough on either of them to start arguing about it or giving a shit which one I am. The way to frame it is like atheist is Christopher Hitchens, and like agnostic is Richard Dawkins. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. There's yeah. also the yeah. little bit of belief. It's also nice to believe that there's something bigger and better out there, and within especially within something like death. Well, yeah, it could. But be you a see how they capitalize on that. Yeah. Do you see how they capitalize on that and they, they turn it into it's when you're at your a most whole vulnerable belief system? is when they want you to believe because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna believe anything you want at that time, especially if someone you love is dead. Because you wanna believe that they're because still Because I've there. said this I've said this many times, like, as, it doesn't matter what I feel about religion, as long as we need a way to make sense of grief yeah, when yeah. people pass away, there's always going to be some form of religion. If there's like, and but a part of that is you're, you're putting your trust in people that are giving you answers that can't be answered, right? The difference with like religion stories. and science is science is, well, science is always open-ended, right? It can always be challenged and it can always, you know, have an evolution to it based on evidence, right? But with religion, they need that formidable, immovable sort of truth because at least that helps them go through their terrible job that they hate. Mm. Or, 
be with their spouse that they don't really like very much mm. or whatever it is, you know, it gets them through the mundanity of life. But on the most extreme sense, it's, it's, it's that comfort, you know, but what I don't like about that is because they capitalize on that. And that's, that's, that's where I think, you know, even when Ben was asking that question about even if the victims or the survivors like forgave the Pope, that doesn't mean that that shit was okay. You know mm. what I mean? No, like, no, of course. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a way to, it, like, it's a way to be able to get through it. It's, if you, someone's got to forgive you for doing anything, whether you agree with it or not, you fucked up. That's simple. Oh, yeah. But, but come on now. We all, we all have sinned, if you want to use that. If you want to use of that you term, have. We, we've all done things. <laughs> we're all that, sinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all born <laughs> sinners, baby. We've all done things that we need to be forgiven for. We've, we've sinned this morning. Things. For fuck's sake, like even an hour into. Well, the maybe day. you have. I'll, I'll sin in about an hour, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be alright. <laughs> Coffee is a sin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It probably is. But we all, we all. I thought we were talking sin. about wanky. <laughs> that's exactly what I was. I didn't have enough time for that this morning. Oh, okay. I can tell by the hair. <laughs> what did you do this morning that you need forgiveness for then? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, something stupid that you would do in life. Like, we sworn today. You've you've sworn in this podcast. I've, I haven't said Jesus Christ, though. Yeah, but you still have swear words, which are blasphemy, aren't they? Does it say in the Bible that you can't swear? Probably. I don't think fuck existed in the inception of the Yeah, but they would just Bible. say, I don't know, you blasphemy. It did, but only between siblings. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me tell a little anecdote here, apropos of nothing. This is just interesting. I used to work with a guy called Henry. Um, he was a lovely man, such a nice guy. We got on so well, but he was such a die-hard Catholic nut absolutely mm. and once a week we would go to a place called noodle time which is just down the road from here for lunch i worked with him and he would bring a copy of the bible and i would bring a copy of <laughs> anton lavey's the satanic bible now anton lavey was like the um <laughs> the founder of satanism and mm. like or, organized satan. hell satan hell satan great documentary yeah, exactly yes great documentary great. and that <clears throat> I would talk to, well, we would talk about the issues that are in the Bible and I would rebound it with what's in the uh, Satanic Bible. And everything that I was saying to him was completely reprehensible. And everything that he was saying to me was, if not reprehensible, was just idiotic. But we would have this discourse and then we'd go away from the lunch and we'd still be great friends. And so my question to all of you here on the basis of that is, do you have or can you have people in your life friends actually not family because family is a different thing friends that you enjoy the, the spending time with being around who are the opposite end of a belief system to you whether it's politically socially religious people who believe different things to you but you can be friends with i think it depends how far those people take it i mean it's always good to surround yourself with people who are different and people who challenge you and people who you can question and have arguments and debates with whether they say the word friend in that is it depends how far you go with them you might not hang out with them every day you might not marry them for example um but it's always good to have people who do challenge you. It just depends how far people take those beliefs when you think that that's crossed the line. Like, mm. When it makes them a worse human being, you can question and debate stuff. They might have different things, but there's, there's certain lines that I personally have that if you cross that, you're like, yeah, you can't have that. Like if they started being racist or homophobic or I started really being put in groups of people into certain areas of like, oh, that's just that person because of that. Mm. And then you're a bit like, no, come on! You've got to come with an open mind as well. If you're gonna, we're gonna have these debates and challenges. 
mm. most of my friends, most of my friends are super religious. It's just one of those things that we don't really talk about. Mm. Was I the carnal influence in your life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it, it's wild because you navigate those relationships quite differently because you can't really be 100% of yourself with that. Mm. So it, it's weird kind of way of balancing what you can say and knowing where the line is. But do, you feel, the need, because do you feel the need to censor yourself around them? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I understand what they hold dear and, I, you know, it's for them. Well and good. I just can't be there, you know, hell Satan all the time. So, no. which is fine, you know. I'll just do that with Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say religious, but political, definitely. And they say mm. you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family because I would have, I would have arguments with my family about certain issues. Yeah, and we can yeah. still be family at the end of the day. But, you know, mm. still have different views. That is the thing with, with, with family, yes. Yeah, uh, I've got loads of differing views. Mm. But, yeah, you can't pick them. But that's why I think it's more interesting, like... If you can choose your friends. Do you, cho do you choose to have someone close to you? Not that, I'm not saying, like, your best friend or your, yeah. your partner. Yeah, I mean, so you couldn't someone... hang out with them all the time, like, if you can't be... And what if, what if you don't know something about them until later down the line in an established friendship? But I, I, I get what Paul's saying, like, I agree, but I also limit my time with my family because, you know, like, there are some conversations I'm just not going to have <clears throat> with them, mm. um, and there's obviously a lot of gallivanting they think I do that they're not going to have with me, but you know that they're thinking it, so it's the same thing with me, like, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, let's just say it, like, let's not just smile and be all pals, mm. um, but because... I feel so drained by the the beliefs of my family, whether it be political or, you know, that sort of thing. And surprising, I don't know if OT wants to talk about black people. Brown people can be racist, by the way. So that gets, and also homophobic. So that gets yeah. very, like, exhausting, right? So because of that, I am very, like, selfish with my time. Um, so even the friends that I do choose to associate with, there aren't even that many or maybe it's just because I'm getting old and grumpy on the porch somewhere. I don't know. No, I agree. Um, but one of <laughs> one of my best friends um, is like super, super Christian. Um, and it's interesting because it's like to, to be a modern woman of the world and also to acknowledge that, um, you know, Christianity, even if it means a lot to you, acknowledging that like if you're not in like the og sort of room like you were colonized through religion yeah right yeah. and it's interesting and you know because she's african and i'm like it's cool that you have your jesus but you know why how he was also given to you yeah you know what i mean and um so it's 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 a fun little tease it's a fun little mm. play um but yeah, I, I generally am very selfish with my time. Mm. And we also watch uh, Kamau Bell has got a show. Is it United Shades of America? Mm. It was either in the Native American episode or the um, Native Hawaiian episode recently. But they talked about, and look at me coming back to the film, uh, a papal bull. Yeah, papal bull. It's essentially like a declaration or a piece of paper from whatever pope it was at the time that essentially said non-white people are free game. Like they're, they're inferior, go forth, go and colonize with your religion, all good, they're not people anyway. Mm. Right? Who, said, who so said that? It's 
it's it's one of the popes at the time. I can I can find it, but it was during Kamau Bell's um, docu sort of series, and it's like I think for me, and it's also like if we're talking about like politics as well, like if we acknowledge that the ways in which power was gained in America, in Canada, in Australia was through violent means. Mm then cool we can have a conversation yeah but like it very very commonly in the even in the australian workspace like with ot for the past five six years like there's a there's an unspoken rule of not talking about it even though you know white people aren't indigenous to australia you know what i mean mm. so it's like so i'm not having level one conversations like i'm the final boss you come to <laughs> if you want to have a conversation like if if you have like ists whether it's racist sexist homophobic like if you have all of those sorts of relatives and friends i don't want to talk to them like there are some conversations that i'm just not going to have whether it be family yeah. or whether it be friends and again i guess that goes back to my anti-religion and i guess you can call me christopher kt hitchens <laughs> i love that yeah, that's what i mean it's there's certain boundaries that people you just don't cross that's that's you can't call them a friend after that no I, and the reason i was bringing it up is is just because in the film he's about two, to reveal and just see to test it yeah yeah i'm about to reveal something to you now to see if you'll still like me <laughs> um it's just that it's just that the two of them are so disparate so different Benedict really doesn't like Francis. Francis is less about I don't like him, but is critical of him. And by the end, there is a sort of, if not friendship, then a mutual respect and understanding at the end. And I, I don't know. It's I think I can understand a friendship. Fictional friendship. Let me tell you something on this. Right, well, here's one that is very hard for me to deal with, and you may all think this is stupid, but this is something that I do think about. And it's about understanding, um, not a meeting of minds, but an understanding from a different point of view, how you got to be the opposite end to me. Kelsey Grammer, Frasier. I love Frasier, right? I've been watching that since I was about 10 or 11. It brings me so much joy, so much happiness. But I found out in in the last few years that Kelsey Grammer is this real right-wing conservative. He, he pretty much endorsed Trump. Uh, he's worn um, anti-abortion T-shirts and, and things like that. And it's like, fuck, man, this disappoints me so much because you make me laugh. I enjoy your entertainment. You've meant so much to me in, in my life. What do I do? Not watch you anymore? I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. And I'm, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole of like Spacey and stuff like I'm that. I'm surprised I'm just saying, you mentioned Kevin Spacey. No, 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 because that's very different. Because <laughs> that's your story. But here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. What, what Spacey did, what Spacey did, criminal and abhorrent, what grammar is doing is a different belief system to me right mm. now he i think his sister was raped and murdered his dad was uh shot and murdered his brother i think two of his siblings actually died in shark attacks or something like that i don't think i'm making that up right all of all Unlucky before he family. was like all before he was like 24 25 right and i think Okay, giving benefit of the doubt, or th that may be patronising to people on the opposite end of the spectrum to me, but giving benefit of the doubt, if you come from a situation where you feel hard done by, you've lost family members to murderers and you felt like justice wasn't served and whatnot, you would probably ascribe to a very right-leaning belief system, yeah? And this comes back to the Benedict thing. We don't see why he got to that point in his life we only see what francis uh, did why he was the way he did so it becomes easier for us as an audience watching a film to judge benedict because 
we're not getting any sort of backstory as to how he got to that point in his life. But with Kelsey Grammer, it's like, I can see why you became so right wing. I know, I don't think that he is necessarily a good person or anything like that, but I can see how he got to that point in his life. He just holds different views to me. And I might think that the views that he holds are problematic and cause problems for people. But likewise, if I'm in his mind looking at me, because I'm sure he cares what I think, he'll be thinking the views that I hold are problematic for the world. I think I'm right. He thinks he's right. And I think I can mutually respect that if you're coming at each other with two view systems, but you're not actively doing something, obviously, openly, that is endorsing the other person's belief system if you know what i mean like if i believe he's evil because of the yeah. views he's holding and then he acts out in a spacey style way okay but if it's a belief system that is just my p opinion is wrong um well I, I guess you know ben and i have some very tasty sort of back and forth dms and we had one surrounding cancel culture and i'm looking at ot about your friend dave Chappelle and also trevor noah but we're not going to talk about the phobicness now um but to go back to that and to answer your question with i guess what we came to in the cancel culture is like it's your barometer of what you think is inexcusable mm -hmm. or what you think is acceptable mm. Right. Because at the end of the day, people might not necessarily care about queer people as much. They might love their comedian more. Who knows? You know, so it's really up to you on how you want to divvy up your anger and your sort of outrage. But I guess while we're here, I did find it. It was in 1493. Pope Alexander VI issues a papal bull or decree in which he authorizes Spain and Portugal to colonize the Americas and its native people as subjects. Mm. The decree asserts the rights of Spain and Portugal to colonize, convert, and enslave. I think it was implied, but it says enslave. Yeah. It also justifies the enslavement of Africans. Just, just a by-the-by bonus. Yes. And just to go to Ben's sort of question, I don't really have a problem with people's different belief system. I can understand that, you know, we are all, we're not all on the same spectrum. We all shouldn't believe on the same thing. The world would be bloody boring. Mm. And I think even watching the movie on how they wanted to paint, it was like throwing shade or Pope Benedict. Oh, he just wants to eat alone. He's not as friendly with the gardener. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. I don't, he, that's not, that's not even an issue. Don't even make it as if, oh, Pope Francis is better just because he's jovial with the gardener. And yeah. he, they can talk about uh, how they plant or how they use oregano back in the day. <laughs> that shit is useless. <laughs> Pope Benedict, for all his faults, him not being as friendly or as extroverted, was an unstarter for me that was not an issue mm. he is allowed to be how he is you know if he wants to eat what, what the hell was that bavarian dish he loves so <laughs> much dumplings. That he, you know two huge <laughs> yellowy white dumplings yeah he, he he can live his best boring <laughs> life with those meals however he wants and that's not an issue you know, it's when it starts affecting other people mm. or he, he's him imposing his beliefs on other people. Yes. That's when, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you draw the line. Yeah. And, you know, if if you can believe this way and you hold it with you and yourself, you know, yeah. fine. Who cares? You know, <laughs> we, we, can, we, can, we can meet up and talk about your different views and make it interesting. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing. There are people that hold views, but we don't know about them. They hold them 
very close to their chest. They're like, I'm not going to let it affect the way that I treat people, but this is what I believe, whether it's racism, homophobia, sexism. They just don't. They, we know that we deal and encounter these people in our daily lives and just don't know who they are necessarily all the time. Mm-hmm. The minute you start acting out on it is a different thing. Uh, did we like the Abbas uh, segue when they walked that in? Was I fun. fucking loved it. <laughs> when he's whistling in the bathroom and then it moves into that yeah. you know i think it's like the orchestral music yeah, playing as the they big walk vote, in. aren't they this big proper yeah. religious ceremony is just done by abba i fucking love that <laughs> yeah, well, there is moments, there's so much like black comedy in this film isn't there there is yeah mm. and that's why i think like it works. that's not like propaganda in, in a way for the church because that's like look we're not poking fun but we're being playful with this as an institution you yeah. know what sort of fair game we're going to have here it was a genius way of setting the tone as well because, you know, yeah, part, part of, I think, for for both of, like, OT and I is, like, how, how can we latch on to this, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that really informed quite well that, yes, this is an institution, but there's obviously differing sort of, you know, personalities inside of it. Mm. And I just, oh, I was tickled. Like, at the start, well, it's kind of dangerous to say given the subject matter, but I was tickled <laughs> um, at the start of the film. <laughs> <laughs> with the opening scene of you know pope francis like calling mm. to like try and book a flight yeah. i was like this is so much fun this is cute this is so lovely this is so heartwarming um like it really set the tone and you know that you're going to get into you know diving into i guess you know the sort of differences and the potential conflicts within the cardinals and, yeah you know the clergy yes it could, have been a, a, it could have been a very hard watch, but they made it quite lighthearted in places, considering the subject matter. Yeah. And that's that's where the big, uh, out of all of this, that's where the big sort of, if not criticism, but like the judgment on it comes is like, yeah, cool, doddery old men, bit of fun with that and good back and forth with ideas. But ultimately what they represent is much bigger, more problematic and not so easily, not forgivable at all. Hmm. There was a there was also a, a cute sort of exchange near the start of the film when Pope Benedict was talking about his assistant and how he was so great he was oh, so yes. onto it mm. and Pope Francis with a little quip was like but he's in no, jail he's now, in jail right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was good I was like the little moments like when he when um, Pope Francis was uh, saying it's about how you ask the question talking about his friend smoke smoking can I smoke and pray is it all right to to smoke and pray no you can't do that and then he explains the joke <laughs> and he still doesn't really get it he goes oh it's a, it's a joke yeah smoke and pray ridiculous <laughs> silly <laughs> yellow submarine silly 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 i <laughs> see but that's that's how they lull you in as well right yeah. that, it's the whole lulling in it's that that's why it could have been a much more insidious film it's not perfect it doesn't answer the questions it doesn't rectify and forgive but they could have lulled you in with a lot more of that sort of thing to then hit you over the head with christ is the way and i i appreciate that they didn't actually do that i think i think that you could go into this film whether you're a religious believer or you're not and get as much out of it mm. it it's it, on if you're just looking at it from from the whole package it's like a big absorption of the church's sins yeah yeah well but it doesn't absolve you guys from doing cats no <laughs> that's all ben's fault <laughs> that's not my fault well, it's we your were pick. midsummer and you stopped us because we already did so when it came to adam's pick he was like oh yeah let's do midsummer we, we did an episode on that two years ago mate <laughs> 
Yeah, we could Let's do another one. I, know, I listened here. to the Cats episode. <laughs> Have you watched Cats? I'm not committing to watching. I'm not committed to watching Cats. So I was like, I'm just going to listen to the episode. And I still don't believe a lot of it happened. The same with your hard ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the things, I feel like that's not a real movie either. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I feel like you guys are just like trying to see how loyal your friends and lovers are because I was like, this doesn't sound like I a think real Jamie movie. took cats on holiday with him, didn't he? He went yeah, away he to did. a remote Scottish island, and one of the films he downloaded to watch when he was away was Cats. Ruin the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely film mm. for us. But i got to say, I've now watched this film three times. I watched, you know, the first time I watched this film was at the London Film Festival and I saw it on the big yeah. screen. And visually, we haven't spoken about that sort of thing. We don't tend to all that much anyway. But visually, it's beautiful on yeah. the big screen. All those the sweeping shots. shots incredible. And Buenos Aires, just amazing. Yeah. Just, it looks, looks lovely. Um, and I was shocked that that wasn't the actual Sistine Chapel. They just fucking recreated that thing. Yeah. The thing that isn't believable is that the two popes just stroll through the fucking Sistine Chapel. Well, they must be shut Sorry. down at some points. No, no, no. I mean, with all the people there, as if. Oh, right, yeah. When were the people in it? Did that Did that happen, though? There was a no, no, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Do you know what I really enjoyed about that scene, though, when he just walked in and it's all those really blurry pictures of him? <laughs> yeah, the shit selfies, how it would actually be. <laughs> people just struggle, like, i got to take one quickly. But I tell you what, having been in the Sistine Chapel, those fucking uh, assistants or whatever they're called in there, the people that are just on the doors, you are not taking a photo in there. They are screaming the whole time you're in the Sistine Chapel. You did. Yeah. They would have shouted at you. I, I took it with my face fronting cameras. I put my phone down and just took it facing up. Clever. Did we get to your double chin in that photo? No, I put it in front of me. <laughs> I don't know if I've still yeah. got it. <laughs> they don't allow the photos. They're screaming in there. Silencio! Silencio! All the time, no talking and no photos in that room. Well, Just stare up. Very boring. Uh, I know, mate, but I know it's, it might seem it, but it was something forget listen when you go in there and see it it's just oh no i imagine it's stunning, very beautiful man. i imagine it's very stunning. beautiful i've looked at my pictures from rome and guess who just what you saw the pope wow. in rome yeah i forgot about that <laughs> adam we just done this whole episode <laughs> how the fuck you got this close to the pope no how close way. are you man well, what are you doing we, there we woke up we woke up one morning our, our, our place we were staying was just around the corner and we went around the corner and there were just loads of people fucking it was like on a Wednesday or something yeah that's when he does his little potemobile round yeah and, and the biggest Catholic ever he just yeah, and he was right. just there and we just walked <laughs> yeah. it and mm. we just happened to be like oh the person's turning up in five minutes so I waited and turned up the person the Pope <laughs> the Pope <laughs> I don't know which one that is I think that's Francis yeah that is Francis don't, he looks like Jonathan Price doesn't he yeah mm. But I think that also talks to the phenomenon of the Catholic Church, even if it's not a religious sort of aspect, when in Rome, exactly. right, you'll just go. Exactly. Right? Even though you don't, which I guess, you know, mm. for our for our DC uh, Marvel boy, Paul, like, you know, you're just going to go mm. because of, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's interesting. Like, and I think like the the chokehold that Christianity has on the world is is very apparent in the sense that Adam didn't even realize after like an hour in. <laughs> yeah, that was such a profound experience. I remember, it. Like, I remember being there when it, it happened, but it. I don't remember having photos and shit. <laughs> seeing it, yeah, I see it. <laughs> the whole, I mean, the it is in the ceremony of him driving Fucking around. Lizard. Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> Pope's a lizard anyway. 
there was all, but I guess um another one of like informing the tone of the film was when uh, they were meeting all the different sort of cardinals um, and Pope Francis was very snooty. He's like, oh, when do people stop speaking Latin? And it's like, wow, you're that uptight. You're that uptight. And I think, again, it really helped, you know, inform what we were getting into and how very conservative and how much he was clinging to the institution, right? I think they voted for him. So, no, it did, you know, yeah, yeah. Majority of the exactly. people there was conservative as he is. But you know, yeah. it, it ebbs and flows, right? It's just like politics. You you know, you vote in a conservative, then you vote in a liberal, then you vote in a conservative, you vote in a liberal. It's just fucking ebbs and flows. And I think that all comes down to none of them none of them are the answer. It's like, oh, we got this conservative guy. Oh, fuck it, he's not doing what we want. He's terrible. Let's get in the liberal. Oh, he's not doing what we want. Let's get in the opposite. And it just goes and goes and goes and around. Twelve years of fucking conservative and it all goes to tits. I know our country is, I think the UK is the fucking worst. I think we've had conservatives in power in my lifetime now. Conservatives have been in power longer than, than liberals. 12 years they've been in power for, and there was, four, was it five years of and before, and prior liberal to Blair. in the middle, and then it was, and he was basically a conservative as well. There's mm-hmm. swings on the same pendulum, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite line from this film, or back and forth, was, um, I think Benedict says, uh, you don't stray from God's path. Path is God is the way. There is only one way. And Pope Francis says, "I don't think that's true. You walk your own way, and God finds you along the way." Now, I'm not a, I'm not a believer, but I appreciate that sentiment because it says a lot about the two men. It's rigid, fixed. We go this way. The ship goes steady. This is what we believe. Nothing's going to change it. Whereas Pope Francis is like, "I believe that this." is the way but i'm going to veer off it i'm going to look over here i'm going to look over yeah. there and there i there will be some good done as i stray from this rigid fucking path which is not flexible mm. mm-hmm. anyway dave Chappelle's in london tonight he is he's with the foo fighters uh he's with chris <laughs> are you rock. gonna be front row ben <laughs> dave Chappelle and chris rock are doing a double header in london tonight and tomorrow I thought he was doing... Are you going? I tried no, to get tickets. It was fucking extortionate. You can get tickets from yeah. Twickets if you want it, Ben. It's them too on. expensive. It's too expensive. They're doing, he's doing the Foo Fighters gig, though, I thought. There's that Taylor Hawkins gig at Wembley Stadium tonight. I thought he was opening that. Oh, it's possible. He did. A, he, he made a surprise appearance at Liverpool last night as well. He always does it when he comes over here. Dave Chappelle pops up at these like little local comedy clubs. He did Brixton about seven, eight years ago. Yeah, because he's such a man of the people. <laughs> he is. Trans. He's Pope Francis, man. <laughs> Dave Chappelle and Pope Francis, they're the same. They're the same. Ben, you asked the wrong question. Ben, you asked the wrong question. You were saying religious and political beliefs. You should have said if we have differing views about celebrities. <laughs> yes. Because OT and I would have ended a very long time ago. Patrons would know. <laughs> I love listening to the... Uh, OT's got to be doing something right over there. <laughs> Uh, well, so what happens now? Should we give our scores? Should we all give, go give it a 10 out of 10? Yes, let's let's give the score. Let's give the wrap-up and scores. Okay. So should we go in the order we gave our first impressions? Yes. Uh, let's let's uh, give our final final farewell to two popes, whatever you want to say, and then I'll score out of 10. Uh, the second time watching it, loved it, sort of. Um, I'll give it an 8. Solid 8. Okay. Fair. Uh as Adam pointed out, my rights are directly in line with a church that I don't believe in. Um, however, in saying that, 
I had a jolly old good time, and I'm going to rate it a nine. Ooh, wow, a nine. Wow. nine. Fuck me, I didn't see that coming. Wow. Well, I, I enjoyed the doddery old men, so I give it an eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it an eight before, and I'm going to keep it an eight. Uh, I've always been an eight, and I'm going to keep it an eight, despite the child molestation uh, <coughs> skirting over forgiveness things. Um, Absolutely. I, one thing I meant to ask, uh, just a quick question to you: all, How did you feel about the choice to, whenever they started speaking about the heavy, heavy subjects, to quickly fade away or fade out? I didn't like it because they talked about his issues. They talked about Francis's his issues and what made him wrong, and then they go to him, and then they go, "Now nah, we're not actually going to talk about it." Mm. It's, well, like, it's what the it's what the church did, isn't it? They just sweep under the rug. They try not to listen to it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But then there's probably there's I think it's probably more virtually probably a legal base that they probably were like you can't actually say that because if we right, haven't that's, got hundred percent evidence actually, yeah. that that is true, you there's like slander against the name or something like that. The lawyers were no, like, no, nah, we're not we're not getting into that battle with the. You mean the <laughs> lawyers because they have so much money to pay the lawyers and not to give to indigenous people that they colonize? Yeah, that oh, yeah. money. The church money, that yeah. doesn't pay taxes cool. because they don't have any money to pay taxes because they're, they're a, a charity, charitable institution. They're yeah, not. Exactly. They just beg, mm. borrow, and steal, and they're the richest people in the world. Yeah, the church is separate from state, right? <laughs> Same shit. Isn't it? They're all pricks. <laughs> Uh, I just thought it was okay that they faded it out because we all know the story. We don't need the gratuitous details, given the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, dear listeners, what that means, given our scores of four eights and a nine, it means we average up to 8.2. We only have one other film on 8.2. Okay. And we're going to place it. So, below it is another Katie and Oti pick directly below District this. District 9? On 8.1, it's the lobster. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, The lobster. But this goes above the lobster, and now, this is interesting. We're going to have to decide. This and There's only box. one other film on 8.2. It's this, or it's us. Ooh. <laughs> oh, come on. That's easy. Uh, uh, for me, it's this. I'm saying well, this. It's us for yeah. me. So it, well, but it goes above us, naturally. There you go. It goes above us. So that means it goes lobster 8.1, us 8.2, the two popes 8.2, and above that on 8.3, Mission Impossible Fallout. And that's thanks to Francis's 10 reasons. Pope Francis. What number was that in the franchise? Eight, seven or eight. It can be that high of a score that far into the... It's, sorry, I'm talking to the Halloween fanboy, so maybe... Well, exactly. Uh, aren't you so fucking excited for Halloween ends? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Will, it end? Wait. Will it end? I, I it hope won't. not. I want it to carry on forever. It'll end this iteration. There's been so many iterations of the Halloween timeline. There's been like five or six different iterations, and this one is one of the the best. And when it ends, I'll be happy. And then I'll be looking forward to Michael coming back in seven or eight years. I was talking to Jenny last night about Michael Myers and saying, you know, for me, Michael Myers is such a terrifying fucking thing. Why doesn't he scare you in the same way? Because she's just like, yeah, when I see Michael Myers, it's like, okay, there's Michael Myers. I'm like, when I see Michael Myers, that's fucking terrified that is my ultimate fear right there it's like being in the water with a shark he's horrific to me very scary so every time he comes up i'm tantalized by it it's like riding a roller coaster every single fucking time you don't ride six or seven roller coasters and then go i'm not going to ride another roller coaster because i've already ridden those roller coasters that one was a bit higher than the other one they're all roller coasters if a new roller coaster comes out you're going to ride it (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's where um, I stand on Halloween. <laughs> I know I know Julio loves good religion chat, so this is a little treaty for our sweetie Julio if he's gotten this far. But I was listening to the episode that we recommended. I don't know if you remember Pam Greer's Ghosts of Space, Ghosts from Mars, oh, oh, I believe. What an awful and film this is. <laughs> Well, yeah, John Carpenter, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But it, anyway, bad. it is related to Halloween. But um, they, they were starting to talk about Halloween naturally. Um, and then Julio is like, oh, I don't even know if I could tell which Michael Myers is which based on, right? Uh, yeah. And then Alex is like, the mask. Yeah, And exactly. then Julio quips like, I don't the same like, so what <laughs> <laughs> but i guess if it matters to you like and i yeah. guess even with the insignia and the different sort of robes that the popes wear i'm sure there are super <laughs> fanatics that can tell oh, yeah definitely. like the difference on that as well i bet based just on the uh crucifix or the rosary beads people would be able to say yeah that's benedict that's francis <laughs> vintage <laughs> <laughs> Um, Wonderful! I can't believe you, you, you. I was sassed by it going above us, but you know that's fine. Look at that. That's fine. It's fine. The church always goes above us. <laughs> well, that's why. Oh God! You should put it below just for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, as honorary guests on the Film Buster podcast, you get to place a rating on any film we've done on the podcast before, just to skew the tables we have in front of us. So would you like to reveal the films that you'd like to give ratings to? May I go first? Go. Uh, you know, it, it is well documented either on our podcast or on the Film Busters podcast, because I think... Or you might have covered Whiplash, I didn't recommend it. But there's Whiplash, there's uncut gems that I don't necessarily care for. But maybe it's off the back of the joy and the jubilation that I felt from the two popes. I'm actually going to raise one as opposed to, you know, try and lower one. So I am going to I'm going to add my rating to the five bloods. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Spike Lee forever and always. Another Netflix exclusive. Um, because it's currently on a 7.3, which I think is egregious, fellas. Hey, listen, it was a perfectly good 7, that was. Yeah, it was 7. Perfectly fine. good 7. I was expecting it's a lot, lot more it's from not, it. I was expecting a lot more from Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. The story, the story that he told, I think he should, he should have told it much better. He could have well, told it much better. I thought he told it nines worth. I'm giving <laughs> it a nine. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Because I know you guys don't like the 0.5, so I'm just going to say 9. And and by the way, while they're calculating, Paul has a very expansive, very impressive spreadsheet. Thank you. you Indeed. You know, normal normal noobs send, like, nudes. Podcasters send spreadsheets, you know, (laughs) just to moisten the palate. So do we now need to place that one? Yeah, 7.8. So... With Katie's new score and placement, that means that the Five Bloods moves up by quite a significant amount of points, I think. It came up from, I think it's jumped up by 20 places, and it's gone to (laughs) above Beautiful Thing, but below Scream 2022. And that is a very good position because it puts it in the top half of the overall table, as opposed to just being in the bottom half. Can I give an honourable mention on what I was going, while I was tossing up on rating? Yeah. 
Well, I, obviously, I was going to do the Suicide Squad, but also the Raid. But I decided on the five This was Suicide Squad. See, Katie would have just come in here just to cause fucking <laughs> murder for no reason at all. She knows this is not a good film, but she just wanted to cause problems by giving us a, 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 a high rating. No, no, no. Suicide Squad. No. I love the Suicide Squad. I know squad. you did. You're all fucking wrong on this. You're all very, very strap wrong. Strap in or strap on, listen, starfish <laughs> lover. I will not listen to any criticisms you lot have about the Halloween films if you're going to rate that fucking ab <laughs> abortion <laughs> as highly as you will. It's horrendous. Uh, very good. And OT's pick. All right. So I was going to initially do Barning, and then I saw Shame. Oh, and then I looked farther down the list, and I saw Jason X, and I can't <gasps> believe that you rated it so low. What is it? It's out of six. Oh, it's piss out of off. six. <laughs> Scott had the perfect idea of an eight, so I'm gonna give Jason X Scott. an eight. <laughs> wow. it deserves so much better. So, what does that mean for that score, Paul? It has one of the best lines in cinema. It's gonna take more than that to take this old dog down. <laughs> Stab again. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey. so good. Do you know, I went to the cinema to see that film when it came out. Imagine seeing that shit on the big screen. <laughs> Fuck. I, loved it. I, I mean, I, I had a good time. I still gave it a six because I know that it is not a, a fucking masterpiece, but it's great. It's one of the best uh, Friday the 13th installments. I think it's got an original score. 6.4. 6.4, which means with OT's rating of an eight, that jumps it out of the relegation zone our bottom 20 films of all time contained jason x and now it's jumped wow. out and up to what did you say paul 6.4 6.4 which means it sits above my very very old favorite tetsuo the iron man it jumps above tetsuo the iron man but sits below top gun now that is wrong that should not be the case because Top Gun is very appalling. <laughs> yeah, it should be above Top Gun. Give it a nine, OT. Give it a nine. The reason that Top Gun sits above it is our guest on the episode, Stacey, fucking gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, Mad yeah. Madman yeah. that he is. But what that means also, by bringing Jason X up out of the relegation zone and bumping it up by about 15 to 20 places, it means we have a new film relegated into the bottom 20 films of all time. And that film Mario. that has been relegated, it's not Mario, Adam. It is Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. So what you give with one hand, you take with the other. A Marvel film is reduced into the lowest films we've covered of all time. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> Very we've good. Got, you like that? We've got one DC. I'd love to see an alternate universe where Ben absolutely loves Marvel DC. films. <laughs> we've got three DC <laughs> and one Marvel in the bottom 20 it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Well, you, no, you guys voted. He, yeah, but some DC films, it's a numbers some DC game, films though. are a bit rough around the edges. It's a numbers game. It's just it's a, a numbers, numbers game. game. Yes. Oh, have you know? the frequency at which you would have that as opposed to like original screenplays. One of them is nice Batman try, and Robin, ben. People well, love films. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes. <laughs> who likes films and who likes movies in here? Then, well, then we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> What I would like to see, apparently, uh, racist ass Melly Gibbies is working on a sequel to Passion of the Christ. So, if, whenever in the time space we're on here again, I would like to rate those films on oh. your films. Well, we need to cover it. We would need to cover a Mel Gibson. See, the th here's the here's the thing about Mel Gibson, right? The motherfucker that he is, he had such a uh, what's the word? 
gentle sensibility when adapting the work for Apocalypto because he did that whole shit in the original fucking language. It would have been so easy for him to have just gone and just do it all in English. Do it all in fucking mm-hmm. English. Same with Passion of the Christ. Really. Agreed. Uh, but he was like, no, no, let's let's be authentic. Talking about religion, man, the man's a fucking lunatic for religion, isn't he? <laughs> loves it. Absolute lunatic. He laps loves that religion. shit up. He laps it up, yeah. <laughs> I think, does he have, maybe I've made that up, that he had a piece of the, no, he can't have a piece of the original fucking cross that Jesus was nailed to around his neck. Maybe that's in a South Park episode or something. What? No. It sounds like <laughs> one of those rumours. <laughs> there is a piece of the, of the cross that Jesus was... Uh, there's all kinds of Jesuses anyway, man. There's a Jesus in, in Miami. He's having a good time. There's, there's, there's <laughs> Jesus is everywhere, mate. What are you talking about? These are Charles Manson quotes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that was that was the two popes, and that was the rating system being rejigged. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. I would like to thank you guys for coming on again to discuss a Jesus-related film. You're going to make it a hat trick next time. Yeah, well, if you want Passion of the Christ, it would be a hat trick, right? Oh shit! <laughs> Maybe this is a thing with you guys now. When you come on, was this our trajectory? Is is this where we thought we were going to go? <laughs> well, we've just burned all like we're burning through our all our religious discussion just on this episode alone. So what are we going to talk about for Passion of the Christ? We were get two? sponsorship earlier from the church, and we've lost that now. Oh, we don't want that. <laughs> Speaking of, I was going to rate Judas and the Black Messiah, but I have many qualms, quarrels, and quandaries with you fellas. Yes, we've heard all your qualms and quandaries on that. You already rated Judas and the Black Messiah. You can't do it twice. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) The funny thing is, you guys give uh, Judas and the Black Messiah a nine. I swear we all gave it an eight, so we're not that far. (laughs) It's the same as the two popes. You gave the two popes a nine, we give it an eight. What do you prefer, Katie? Judas and the Black Messiah or the two popes? Judas and the Black Messiah. But see, the thing is, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but the the, the difference... I think we are. <laughs> like the difference, it. both dealing with, with topics. Judas and the Black Messiah, like I said, if I, it was a very good essay on film. It, it didn't feel very cinematic. I agree. Cool. How about like the rooster in the coop? How about not moving as one force and like the downfall of your people just because of your own inconvenience? Why not? Aren't those more tangible sort of tethers? Isn't that the dialogue-driven narratives but, you're looking for? Oh yes, for, but the other thing is here's the here's the good thing: show don't tell. Sometimes show it and don't tell. Well, I think that was the Catholic Church problem. Hey, I think we're done now. <laughs> that was, yeah. They all said that in the confessional booth. <laughs> that was a very fucking good uh, segue, Katie. That was very, 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 very quick. Do you want to hear what I'm doing? What we're doing next time on the podcast? Well, no, because we're going to do something else first. Oh, what this does is bring us to the end of 2019. Oh, yes. So, first of all, thank you, Katie and Oti, for bringing up a film from 2019. You created this entire round, which was Cats, El Camino, Doctor Sleep, and The Two Popes. Now, as we wave goodbye to 2019, we do a very quick thing as we say goodbye to each round. We talk about our uh, favourite favorite, um, scene, our favourite quote and our favourite character from the films we've covered in 2019. So, 
should we go first with our uh, favourite um, favourite scene, Paul, yeah. from our 2019 films? Okay, I like to tie it in some way with um, with the link between the films. So my link between these films is remorse. Okay. Oh, very and good. I didn't think um, about linking them. So Jesse Pinkman, remorse for the empire he created. The popes in this film, <laughs> we know what they're remorseful for. Oh, Danny remorseful. Torrance, remorse for um, his, the history of, of how he acted after The Shining. And Tom Hooper, most of all, for creating cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my scene, my favourite scene, is Danny and Jack talking at the bar in the Overlook Hotel about whether he regrets how things played out in The Shining. Yeah. I love that. Snap. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, my favourite scene is from The Two Popes. And it's the very end when they're watching the World Cup final together. Oh, of course! Oh, of is. course! Yes. That is good. That is a good. That is a good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, since you probably haven't seen all the films that we've covered in 2019, what was your favourite scene from this film? Go first. Me? Uh, I I would say it was uh, the 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 start, like the start and the end scene of mm. him trying to book, book that flight. Um, travel. I just I I just think it was it just perfectly laid out the tone. Mm. I really liked. Sweet. It. Yeah, the start for me as well. It's very. It is very easy. It's an easy window, right? Because it's like, oh, old people don't know how to use phones. <laughs> but old people don't know how to use the internet. <laughs> Like, it was more hey. like the egregiousness that someone would use the Pope's name. That yeah, was yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't okay, Boomer. Like it was, it was a cute, heartfelt moment because it felt like a prank call, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, our favorite character, uh, Wendy Torrance, for me, as I believe Mike Fanning gave her the respect she deserved, which she so badly missed out in, out in uh in the Shining yeah. from Kubrick. That's very good. Jesse Pinkman for me. Good old predictable Adam. Of course he can't. He can't. He can't pop up and you can't pick him. Football scene. Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, like a screenwriter would throw your character out because they'd go, he's too two-dimensional. <laughs> I don't want to um, be in the film. <laughs> uh, my favourite character is Rose the Hat from Doctor Sleep because first time I watched it, I was Aww, like, she, she ain't shit. Cute. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, fucking hell, this is a good performance. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't compromise. I changed it. Good, very good, very good. <laughs> nice. Uh, and finally, your favourite line Ooh. from the 2019 film. You bit. all know what my one is. You all know what my I one is. I know what Paul's is. What's Paul's? The drink one. A man well, mine. takes a drink. Yeah. Man a takes drink. a drink. Takes drink, a drink takes a drink. Drink takes the man. You're all so predictable. And then the drink takes the man. It's got to be, and then the drink takes the man. I'm going to say the same one because I can't think of anything else. Oh, it's so predictable, Adam. (laughs) Not planning. (laughs) No. I thought it was just the character in the scene. (laughs) No, character scene and line. Uh, I guess you guys don't have a favourite line from this film. I've got a line from this film that did stand out to me at the end. Not you. Well, I'm going to speak anyway. Well, they think. And it was like, if it was, he said at the end... If no one's to blame, everyone's to blame. Someone's got to take the responsibility to fix this shit. Boo! Mm. <laughs> Controversial. You're getting booed from the galleries. <laughs> no, because you're telling poor people to take responsibility for the poverty that was inflicted on them. Boo! No, but he's saying everybody guess- is a whole needs to look out for each other. I think he was talking about the refugee crisis at the time. And he was saying we all need to look out for each other. It's not just one person's responsibility to fix this out. It's not going to happen. You can't wait for a country to fix it out. We've got to look in yourselves and help each other. 
That's what they'll be telling yeah. us about the fucking gas crisis over here, mate. Look after each other. We we can't, <laughs> we'll help, we can't help you out. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts and prayers, guys. Yeah, thoughts that, that is prayers. the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a favourite line. Do you nah. have a favourite line? No. Nah. No. They hated all the dialogue in it. <laughs> um, well, that's... For all of um, Tarantino's fiction bending, it would have been nice for him to have like some sort of take on the Catholic Church. That would mm. you know how like you have Inglorious mm. Bastards. Like it would be nice to have that. There you yeah. go. That would. I like that. Well, I mean, that was uh, 2019. That's the end of 2019. So, do you want to know what we're doing next? What what round we're going to next? Who's inspired the round? And what year it is? We're going. Only a year. We're jumping a year to 2018. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Julio. And we're kicking off the round with a film called Wildlife. I have no idea what this film is. No, me either. Baccarat Blind for everyone. Baccarat Blind. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. That's all I know. Yeah. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. So it's all very exciting. And Julio's actually going to be joining us next episode. So we've got back-to-back features. Back-to-back guest features, Whoa. man. Absolutely wonderful. And you know what? That can lead you. us on to... If you want to feature on a podcast, you be- you can feature it because you become a patron, just like the likes of Katie and Oye, who have come on today. And you can get loads of exclusive content and, and f- suggest films for us to do. And... It's a very lovely family over there. Do you agree, Katie and OT? Oh, mm. absolutely. We're not plants at all. <laughs> <laughs> what, who, what, what Patreon challenge do you get more for your money on? The four-year reference one or the Film Busters one? Which one's better value oh, for I money? Th- I thought we were going to bring the contrarians into <laughs> okay, it. Okay, let's do that one <laughs> Rank the patrons. Yeah. Well, considering the person asking the question isn't a patron of any. I know. I, 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 I call that question void. <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to any. We went on a movie journey podcast like a year ago to do one of their quizzes, and uh, they just like outright put Adam on the spot. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, Ben and Paul are patrons of ours." Adam, yeah, you're not a patron, are you? <laughs> just well, straight on the spot in the episode. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. If you're not going to be a patron, don't be a patron of anyone. Yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> I don't listen to anyone. I just talk. Anyway, finish. <laughs> uh, keep going through this bloody list. Oh yes. And if you would like to become a patron, you become a patron just like the likes of Andy Bishop. Yes, you would. You also got Ben from Film Floggers. You got Mark and Steve from Movie Drone. You got Brent from Home Video Hustle. Yes, you do. You got Luke Human. You got Joaquin Phoenix mega fan Fiona Stewart, who's still with us all these years later. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. We also got Sean Panda Nicholson. You do. You got Nerdrovert. You got Julio Oliveira. We got Jamie Russell. And finally, but not least, do you want to say your own names, guys? We've got Katie and Oti. <laughs> <laughs> and where can our dear listeners find you guys, Katie and Oti? Uh, if you're looking for a good tussle on Twitter and Instagram, it's myself uh, at For Your F Pod. All right, us an email at hello at podcast.com. Very good. And uh, they presumably just search for you in the old uh, podcast catcher. Nope. Correct. Correct. Let me let me just take this opportunity to say I think everyone should go over and check out the Four Year Reference podcast because it's absolutely amazing. It's one of my favourite podcasts, and Aww. they they just have the best dialogue. It's it's they have conversations that you just don't hear on any other podcast. It's yeah, absolutely true, and it's not just film and TV. In fact, it's hardly film and TV. That's the 
springboard for what then happens in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. like today's episode. Well, I think it's it's praise all around, especially to you guys, because we've covered, I think Prince of Egypt was our first dabbling into any sort of religion, and then we did Passion of the Christ, so we really went for the Messiah jugular, not really Judas and the Black Messiah, but I think this is like the most, most, and I don't think we've ever used the word atheist in for mm. your reference, but if you're listening for your reference, lovers, you know, Christopher Hitchens and all that, I already yeah. said it without saying it, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, another religious connotation film connection <laughs> with film busters and for your reference. This is uncanny. I think the most religious accurate one, though, was Jesus Rolls. Yes. <laughs> and, there's, and there's a perfect example of how wrong people could be. I think you are all mad for your views on that, and you think I'm mad for my view well, on let's that. Let's not so go down go. that road. But, but there you go. It's all in a nice little nutshell. Religion. There you go. Religion. Give it a try. Is it going to hurt? If I put the Jesus rolls and cats in front of you, which film are you going to pick to watch? Jesus rolls. Ah, oh, there it's because we've experienced that I'll take pain. that as a win. Yeah. Backfire. We know what that pain is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the cat is like, at least is. it's new and it, you don't know what it is. It could be exciting to watch something new. Yeah. Pick Jesus rolls. I bet the devil, Pick you Jesus know. Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for having us. Thank like, you so much for coming it's on. It's so nice that we get time to come together and fight the powers. I <laughs> we <guess>. love it. <laughs> um, but also have a lot of fun as well. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, yes. we have so much fun. Gives us a, a nice break from bickering amongst each other as well, right? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Although it doesn't feel like we have to put on airs and graces for you, which is good. We, we just put it on for ourselves. anyone's. Yeah, we put eyes and graces on for some. Who? I, I won't say who in case I offend. <laughs> I don't. I just the same. Yeah, always the same. You're on very good form today, Adam. Don't know. Woken up. No, oh, no, you have. You had your morning brown. Yeah, he's. Yes. Uh, he's already committed his sins. That's why he's awake now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just the swear. Uh, the shame is part of it. Just the, the swear shame words. actually helps. Yeah. If you here's a question: If on Sunday, if we were all churchgoers and you had to go to confession on Sunday morning, and you had to confess to that sinful activity, how many how many hail marys would you have to say to compensate for each sinful activity in that week? Zero. So you're you're such a liar, man. <laughs> this is not. This is not. Your Kleenex would say otherwise. Works. Hey. I don't know how it even works. It's a Hail Mary for every wank, basically. <laughs> so he's basically in a roundabout way how many wanks have you had this week? <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying not to say that because I've got some decorum, you cunt. But you haven't because it's, it's just shit. So ask the question in the first place means you have no decorum. <laughs> no, because I asked about Hail Marys. didn't say nothing else. Anyway. <sighs> four or five Hail Marys, I think, every Sunday morning is about right. <laughs> <laughs> 